Welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Jo Lewin and I'm absolutely fangirling here with one of my personal faves, music icon and all-round amazing guy, Ben Folds. We have two special guest hosts with us here today. Dr J.D. O'Regan is the Head of Contemporary Music at the Sydney Conservatorium. She's an absolute pop music nerd. She actually has a PhD in the Beach Boys. Dr Tim Byron is a lecturer at the University of Wollongong with a focus on music psychology, particularly the study of earworms. They're both sought-after keyboard players in the Sydney music scene. They're massive pop nerds and they are massive Ben Fold fans. So one of the uh, the things in the title of the book uh, mentions cheap lessons. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's one of the ideas, as far as I understand, that you feel like you've done a whole bunch of stupid things that could have gone way worse. Yeah. And and so but some some of the lessons don't seem that cheap to me. Right. No, that's true. And, yeah. and that's been pointed out to me. And, and I suppose... Um, the book does have an element of understatement throughout it too, mm. you know, like mm. it was just something I like in, in, in music, you know, I, I, I worked to understatement on, on this and um, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I sat down to say, let's see how much I can inflate or deflate the value of these said <laughs> yeah. cheap lessons, yeah. but yeah. It, it, it does, mm. it does uh, seem that that was the tendency. Yeah. yeah. What do you think was the cheapest lesson that you, that you sort of have learned? Oh, wow. I don't know. I mean, the concept of, I mean, really every day is about, you know, especially if you're talking about, well, if you're talking about music career or whatever it is, there's, there's quite a bit of um, uh, re, uh, redirecting, you know, like, like mm. course correction. Yeah. Th- those yeah. are the cheap ones. So the daily course correction, you know, you might yeah. find yourself like the world that I'm in right now, I'm talking about myself all day long. So Mm. a course correction might be not to pontificate about certain things and Mm. other things maybe to spend more time on it. (laughs) And those are very cheap, but that's, that's, that's life in general because you don't have that much time where you're under parental supervision or mentorship. Most Mm. of the time you're out there kind of sinking or swimming and that's what humans Mm. do. Sure. And that seems like you said in the book that's something in terms of parental supervision that you felt like you didn't get that much of it because your parents must have been working and mm. and doing all that and so you were just sitting at home all day, not or going to school or things like that. Yeah. But you you had to learn a lot yourself. Yeah, and I think that's normal. By the way, yeah. I mean I think yeah, you know they, they think they, where where my father was a good teacher, for instance, is just in the concept of the cheap lesson itself. Mm. It's like look, you know. You're uh, you're messing up quite a bit, and uh, I'm trying to trying to help you out, and you're not listening to me. Mm. Here's what I hope uh, I, I I hope you survive <laughs> the things uh, that you're bringing uh, on yourself. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um. Uh, but I hope it's just just bad enough that you'll learn a thing or two from it. <laughs> you know. So even that in itself is parental. You know. Mm. And, and and those are those things we don't do things totally by ourselves but ha- to have someone point that out obviously stuck in my head he must have told me that you know i probably remember him saying that when i was in seventh grade yeah. mm. and uh made it to the title of the book so it obviously had an effect definitely yeah. Yeah, there's a few really interesting phrases that you use in the book that come up mm. um a few times um i particularly loved the uh part of the book where you talk about your early life growing up because it was just stuff i didn't really know about you mm-hmm. yet and um you referred to yourself as a jackass of all trades which yeah. was mm. one of my favorite phrases in the book um could you talk about what you mean by that and how that's had an effect on how you make music yeah i mean i i i, I think that 
probably where my head was at when I wrote that uh, was that, um, and this is probably true of a lot of kids anyway. I mean, like one year you might be uh, uh, an introvert and the next year you might find yourself being an extrovert. Mm. Then one year you might feel like you're known as the soccer player. The next year you're not known at all or you're known for something else. And, And I think that that's a normal thing for kids to feel. I think for uh, my situation, there were uh, it was probably greater, more intense spread of uh, class, socioeconomic, uh, which yeah. um, I think probably added to that sentiment that I n- very often didn't feel like the same person yeah. by way of context. You know, like if you walk in the room and you're, you know, the, 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 the least educated person in the room, then the next day you walk mm. in and you are the most educated person in the room, then you feel like very different people day to day. And I, you know, I, and I've always also to, to add that I've always enjoyed, um, you know, certain interests for a very short period of time, you know, like I might be into one thing for a moment. I mean, uh, photography is a good example yeah. something for me where I've, I've, I've often, I made an album where I spent six hours in the dark room and then I would go to the studio for four. That's mm. how I made that record. It was like, yeah. it was like, mm. you know, didn't really, I felt more like a photographer than I did a musician at that moment, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Jackass of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love but it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, the, the psychology kind of does say people aren't really extroverts or introverts. We're all kind of somewhere in between and depending right. on the situation, we might be a bit more in this situation or a bit less in that situation. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, my, this is not an educated uh, perspective mm. necessarily that I have just maybe one of a parent being being a parent um, mm. yeah uh, but but I, I really don't like uh, all the self-diagnosis and the, the labels personally I mean this is yeah. your department so you could chime in on this but I mean I, I feel <laughs> he's not like a real psychologist he's he just like, plays yeah. one on a podcast <laughs> he just plays one on a podcast yeah. exactly that's okay hey I'll, we'll treat you like it'll be like one of those, yeah yeah, feel so like those stories where a guy is is is, uh, is 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 in a doctor's care and pretends up and down the hall to be the doctor, right? right? right yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. So, so Ben, tell he me about your childhood. Yes. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Forgot his yeah. coat, his lab yeah, coat. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, but I, I, I think I think all the self-diagnosis stuff. To, to, to me, it's like. Uh, I think uh, the spectrum is a wonderful thing. It's like yeah. we mm. find ourselves from day to day on different points of a spectrum. And if yeah. you want to define yourself that way, you, you know, you're welcome to do so. But mm. I, I think for me, like a big theme of my life has been a fairly obsessive streak, which I know that I had, I've been born into certain families might have been uh, dwelled upon. We might have obsessed mm. over that yep. and given it a name, you know, yep. as well. I, I think I must be the only male on my side of the family who hasn't been diagnosed as um, 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 dyslexic. Right. Ah. And is that just, you just never got diagnosed or you? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think that it's, it's certainly the way I, the way I would interpret what I just said, mm. <laughs> uh, mm. if I were listening to myself was, uh, uh, is that it was certainly in the air. Yeah. Like, and, and, and that from time to time I might find tendencies, but, that would be because I was focusing on them. Like I, I'm a terrible music reader. I turned it all upside down. I can't read mm. the shapes. I just can't make it work. And it's not like I haven't tried. Oh, that mm. makes me feel a lot better. I'm not uh, that great either. You, yeah. know, you know, maybe I should have just spent more time on it. Yeah. Then yeah. again, maybe maybe the suggestion that everyone in my family was dyslexic 
wasn't mm. helpful, or perhaps I had a streak mm. of something on that. But I, at the end of the day, I don't really care because the way I yeah. got to music is all I care about. You tear yeah. down everything, every you chew through rock to get to the sounds that you want to hear, the things that you want to play and create, and yeah. you you don't let those things. I think almost all things on the spectrum that we all enjoy, we may be part, we may be partially. Uh, functioning Asperger's one day, we may all be functioning um, um, diabetic one day. I mean, it could be so many different things. You you could feel like you are that day. You could have all the shit. Have you ever had a day where you're like, you know, it's frequent urination day? Look that up. You know, how many things are you the day that you're having that psychologically? I just think that the most important thing is to view them all as gifts because they're all part of the scenery that will help you create something. So in the book, I, I wanted to make sure that anything that would have been, hopefully nothing would be misconstrued as, oh, you had a rough time of this or a rough time of that. It would be, thank goodness I had those experiences because yeah. mm. they certainly weren't as bad as, as I mean, you know, yeah. It, it, the well is pretty deep out there. You know, I'm not. I'm not and I think I'm hindsight not. probably has helped that too to remember them from where you are now yeah. with some hindsight. I mean, when I think about that phrase about being a jackass of all trades, it kind of, for me, it kind of connected with a lot of the themes in your book, which was about being a curious person right. in the world. Mm. Like uh, to be a jackass of all trades is to like, I'll just try it. I right. don't, it doesn't matter if I suck. If I suck, mm. I suck. But I'm really interested in photography or I really want to learn about this or I want to go and talk at this thing or I want to yeah. be on a education board or well, all of the Part of being jackass of all trades would probably be uh, a, a lower fear of failure. Yeah. Because because mm. if you've made a good thing, or, or so, something that everyone agrees seems to be a good thing, you can see how many times you failed on the way to getting there. One yeah. of the things that I wanted to not dwell upon, but but drive home enough uh, in in the book without preaching. I yeah. mean, I could have written a chapter. Don't be afraid to fail. Well, I'm not mm. sure that really resonates as much as actually experiencing a couple of things along the way with someone and seeing how it worked yeah. out in varying degrees. Mm. Definitely, know. yeah. Because yeah, in the book, you're you're about 27 or something like that when Ben Folds Five starts to happen and yep. the success you've been trying to work uh, at for so long. Like you, it's reasonably old. Like you say, like this, you felt like it was almost your last chance before. Correct. You, yeah. Yeah. And that that brings me to another question I or something I found really fascinating in the book is that um, it seems like a real pivot point uh, in the book is when you are in New York or New Jersey and you're sitting on the, um, on the suitcase. Suitcase. sitting on your suitcase <laughs> yeah. and, and trying to figure out whether you should uh, wait for your wife who's going to be very very unimpressed with you I imagine <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or whether you should go down to uh, North Carolina right. and start the band and you you choose to start the band and you portray that in a in an interesting light as um, is you kind of being a bit of an asshole doing that, mm. but also that you needed to do that uh, for all of this kind of stuff to happen. If, do you do you feel that that was a very pivotal point in your life there? I think it was a pivotal moment of uh, I interpret it as a pivotal moment of uh, self honesty, yeah. mm. where um, you really at some point have to admit to yourself that you're really going for something we're mm. all kind of coy with the things that we have yeah design on our dreams i mean it's, it's hard to admit to yourself that there's a thing you want more than something else or more than anything else and mm. um that you would do more or less anything uh to get there if you because we're all trying to be good 
we all want to look like good guys. Yeah. And and actually, the where that kind of plays into creativity for me is that I I think at some point without my being literal and on the nose about it, pretty soon afterwards, um, there becomes a time in my life where I start to realize uh, the value of um, being um, honest in, in your music in, in, in that you can't always be mm. a good character. Yeah. Yeah. But I experienced nothing but sort of rock stars when I was growing up that all wanted to be the good guy all the time. Mm -hmm. Or they all wanted to be the, the if it was the bad guy, if the bad guy was the good thing to be. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, always, yeah, always favorably uh, uh, portrayed. Yeah. And, 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 and if you're willing to think that about yourself, that, hey, I'm not always the strongest person. I'm not always making the, 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 the best decisions. One thing I didn't put in the book, because it's not my area, uh, is making a goddamn self-help book you know but <laughs> is that well, something's been really helpful for me is to if i'm if i'm uh, having a hard time uh with any particular issue is to view all all the terrible motivations i might have for anything that i've done and even write mm -hmm. them down like yeah. like i wanted to be right is that satisfactory no actually i wanted him to know that he was wrong that's why I want to be right. That's even better. Actually, I hope he's crying right now so his wife can see it because I would like his wife to know that he is weaker than I am. And you'll go through all these terrible things until you get to the point where you realize, you know what? I actually wanted everything to turn out okay. Mm. I wanted everyone to sit at the place that was honestly where mm. we all should be sitting right now, or I, I wanted to clear the air, or I wanted to do a good thing for someone else. Eventually, mm. you do find... A good, but you can't start always with the, uh, yeah. with, 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 we all want to start with the, with the, uh, honorable motivation. Yeah, like and if we're writing a, a character, yeah. we would yeah. like the character that we're writing from to be the one with the honorable motivation. Mm -hmm. And we would like he or she, who we are writing against yeah. to be the weak and wrong one. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's complicated. If, if you can have some sort of empathy for, things, people, situations you're either writing or, or living mm. against in some yeah, way, yeah. it does it does make life easier on you, ultimately. Yeah. And it makes for a better song. And that's really what I've been all about. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 want, I want to make the better song. I'm, 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 I'm not as interested in the content sometimes as I am the best song. Yeah. Mm. And well, I, think, I think there's something in there with, um, like the, what you're talking about there is, there's a sense in which to be a good person first, you have to understand what your weaknesses are. Mm. And yeah. that self-honesty has to come first before you can actually yeah. become an actual good person rather than someone who just thinks they're good. There's yeah. maybe a bit of that. And weakness is mm. a good start. Yeah. Mm. Downright bad, evil motivations is, yeah. is something you should look at. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. everyone's got them, mm. you know. I think maybe mm. I'd read that self-help book maybe you should uh well <laughs> I'd, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be down to do it if i was if i was able to find a way to do it from from the place that i know yeah you know like from from, from music yeah yeah, yeah yeah well that actually leads on to a question that um i've always been really curious about your music like you talk a lot about be, it'll be called a jackass of all trades oh, yes! <laughs> Uh, so you talk a lot about storytelling and mm. how you tell stories in your songs. Um, and one part that I really, that really resonated with me was um, you kind of broke the fourth wall a little bit and you talk to kind of young songwriters mm -hmm. about um, 
stepping into the shoes of other people, yeah. right? Even terrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to be a tourist, to be a respectful one yeah. while you're there. Like you, you write a lot of songs about characters, but you seem to have a real fondness for those characters. Mm. Um, does taking on the voice of someone else allow you to say things that you might not be able to say if you were saying it with an eye? There was an interesting, um, it was an accident really. Uh, I, I, did a, I did a songwriting retreat for a friend of mine and yeah. I, I would have promised myself if, if, if I had thought about it, never mm. to do something like that because I, <laughs> I, I, I really don't, only in my, in my advanced age <laughs> am, am I feeling okay about, um, about really kind of dicing up songwriting that way it would have been something i would have been comfortable with younger but um so anyway you all you break your own rules and i went out and did this this uh, songwriter retreat and so of course i had to they were good songwriters too i mean some of them had hits and stuff it was like i was teaching a group of people who were completely aware that they may know more than their teacher about certain things this is something that that this guy does it was very interesting um so anyway, yeah, uh, I, I realized I needed to give them an assignment every day, and I tried to think about the assignments that would uh, m- mirror or imitate uh, accidental lessons that I've gotten in songwriting. And one very, they were all actually ended up being interesting for reasons that I didn't expect. Uh. One of them was, um, I said, take uh, take a uh, an, an instance where someone has written a really horrible email against you. <laughs> <laughs> who does not obviously like you at all, who is very, very critical of you, that really stings. Yeah. And if it's an email, go get it. Look it up on your computer. If it's a text or whatever, if they've, they're live Facebooking at your ass, whatever it happens to be. Take that, inhabit their character, and write a song against the person who they are writing. Okay, mm. so they, they, they were all like, wow, I don't know if I like this very much. They all got into it. The interesting thing was, and this was more, way more brilliant than my, than, than my uh, real reason for doing it. Yeah. It was just an accident. Mm. They couldn't, they had hesitation uh, in completely writing against themselves. Now, the reason that's interesting mm. to me is because what I don't like are these songs that go, uh, you did this and you did that. You did this and you did that. It's like, it's like all right. You're now writing a, a satanic character, a monster <laughs> who's boring the fucking shit out of me. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, that I don't, I'm not interested in that. They're yeah. not. They're not yeah. held to uh, accountability. So anyway, with this, they're writing a yeah. pretty mean song, but there were hesitation marks all over it. In other words, they couldn't quite drive the knife all the way in. Mm. Therefore, by having empathy for he or she that they were writing against, they made a more thorough real song that actually held the person accountable. Yeah. And I thought that was one of the highlights of the, of the time. And we all sort of discovered that together. I was just trying to give them a perspective to write from. I don't think mm. that I thought it through to that degree. No. But a few of those exercises ended up being fantastic. And they were mm. always ones that I... And the reason I had taken that from a... Um, uh, Anna, who was uh, in, yeah. in the book, had written me a letter. Uh, uh, the letter was pretty scathing. I turned around... <laughs> And I inhabited her character to write right. the song. That's why I had them do it. What I didn't realize mm. about it was was the um, the natural empathy one inevitably has for themselves, because <laughs> they could say, you know, you did this and you did that, but there was the there was actually you in there. They were actually humanized 
mm. the uh, the recipient of the letter. It's just much more true to life. It's much totally. more complicated than just totally. you were right and I was wrong, or I was right, or you were wrong. It's like totally. this, yeah, you've tapped into the gray area between right. those two things. Yeah. And, it, and it does show how much of it is intention. Definitely. Um, mm. You can't help it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so one of the one of the most fascinating things about seeing your music live uh, is is always you never know what you're going to get with the rock this bitch. Mm. So so Ben, for listeners at home who don't know about it, uh, he'll just make up a song uh, on the spot, uh, whether there's an orchestra there to play along with him or he's playing on solo, and it'll be different every time. And no one, including yourself, knows anything about what's happening That's correct, yeah. uh, when it happens. And the the creativity about that uh, or the, the way that uses creativity is really fascinating. Mm. And JD has... Um, yeah, I'm doing a little bit of research on this kind of stuff at the moment. About, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I really found that... Like, I wanted to do some interesting um, research about songwriting and spontaneity and playfulness, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which you inhabit a lot in what you do. And I just found there's, there's nothing out there. I was like, I want to go and read all the stuff. And, there's, and I was like, right. great, now I have to... Do I have to do it now? So, um, mm. so the rock this bitch phenomenon is a very interesting one to me in a way because you have used those spontaneous songs yeah. and then kind of reworked them and tweaked them until they become like a real song, like the, the kind of the fake song when it mm -hmm. happens or the song that doesn't exist and then it exists as a real song later Which on. Which is interesting because that's almost any song. It yeah, didn't exist yeah, and yeah. then it does exist. Yeah, mm. but what you do is like a lot of musicians don't show they're working. Right. You know what I mean? Like they, they toil and tinker and, and what you hear is the studio version that they've slaved right. over. Whereas you, you seem to like going, mm -hmm. Uh, this isn't finished. It's just made up. It's not perfect. Here's my working. Um, what do you love about doing that? What, what do you love well, about? Well, I'm that just process? as bad, and maybe worse than a lot uh, uh, about the. Um, you can't see it till it's finished. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, because uh, the, the, and and I think that the uh, the rock this bitch the spontaneous um, freestyling of of songs yeah. has been my way to push back against that right. it gives me a moment where i realize that that nothing bad is going to happen if i create a piece of shit <laughs> that's really not the worst thing that could happen to you <laughs> and it also reminds you that the flow is always there right. you'll always come up with something or or is that the way to look at it maybe just turn the faucet on and it's there you might not like it and that is what I say in the book is my opinion is that uh, writer's block is when someone turns on the tap and it's like at my old apartment with the yeah. old, old, I haven't been there for a little while. It's rusty. I turn on the tap and it runs brown. And it's like, I don't want everyone to, to know about that. So <laughs> I have two choices. I can mm. not turn the tap on. Yeah. Mm. And how much will I write? Right. Nothing. Or I can turn it on the equivalent of loosening the sphincter, as it were, let it run brown, and then mm. it runs clear after. You know, uh, uh, but you can't get to the clear unless you allow it to run. And, and 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 people's, you know, I don't like to frame it as fear of failure, and I don't think that I did so in the book, uh, because I feel like that those are trigger words. But yeah. if you look at it the right way, it's 
it doesn't have to involve fear or failure. It's just a simple process yeah. of allowing something to come through. So when I do these things live, it, it sets me up at a, at a great advantage. Now, most most artists, meaning everyone pretty much except for me, uh, maybe one or two people like Reggie Watts or someone like that, yeah. mm. not going to want to do that. They should, though, because it actually it's less scary. First of all, do you think the audience expects a masterpiece? <laughs> they don't expect a masterpiece. And secondly, there's no turning back. You know, there's, you're, you're there. Yeah. It's happened. You've started. You've got to go. Another mm. incredible advantage in something that you learn is that you'll hit places that suck. When you hit those places that suck, you have to dig your way out. The digging your way out is actually a form of dynamics, right. which mm. I would have never thought. Right. Another thing which I put in the book is is my renewed appreciation for form because form is is not there to follow form is there because there has always been a pattern yeah. of how people tell a story Definitely. you know it's the reason that people like stoners can get out like you know the wizard of oz and play dark side of the moon next to it and flip <laughs> the fuck out <laughs> yeah. because they this have underlying framework yeah, yeah. The, we, we're you know there's certain number of breaths you're going to take in a day mm. heart rates run between certain day and night takes a certain mm. amount of time yeah. it's there are certain there are certain things that that we live inside and and, yeah. uh, and if you freestyle a song you'll find that you come up to a chorus yeah because mm. you have to sum it up yeah mm. you're like wait a minute what's this about what's this about and you say what you think it's about anyway. but then you'll go back to a another verse, yeah. but you can't remember what the first verse was exactly like mm. development. Yeah. You've developed. And then you go back to the course because you get sick of that. You get sick of that. And then you're in a bridge. It's awesome. I love it. Anyway, yeah. that's mm. four minute, four minute, uh, mm. four, four minute and, and two seconds. And, uh, I, I, I see, I see people waving flags and stuff. No, so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought maybe we could uh, wrap no? wrap things up with a, a little treat. We've mm. we've. I'm um, not trying to wrap things up. <laughs> yeah. <though>. yeah. <laughs> right. uh, we've brought a little toy for you. Um, it's one of our favorite Casio keyboards. It's called awesome. the Casio Rapman. It's mm. definitely for the, you can't see it if you're listening, but it's definitely it's a tiny little keyboard, one of the widest instruments you've ever seen, and but it has. You can a, see it if you're listening. <laughs> you can see. <laughs> Look it up. What is um, it? And I just thought, you know. Maybe you could uh, make us a make us a little tune, maybe about signing signing books at Booktopia. Casio has no fear of failure. No. Thank you so much, and thanks for mm. such a thanks for such it's a. Hard not to throw in a couple. Of, yeah, boom! <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. Uh, your mm, your yeah, book is, so is a total joy, um, and you know, thanks for sitting down and having a chat with us. This has been really great. Fun. I, I want to say it's the worst action of any keyboard I've ever. Read. <laughs> right, it's I know really it's bad. not great. It's really <laughs> so fun. It, yeah, makes yeah. You, it makes you stumble. It's right, exactly. right. Yeah. It's yeah, mm. yeah. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Good, good to talk to you both. Yeah, Great. Yeah, Tune in next week when I talk to some more book people and psychologists and uh, <laughs> experts on the Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. 
you can buy your copy of A Dream About Lightning Bugs at booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.